Hi, this is Amy Bowen. This is my Dog Days of Podcasting episode for Saturday, August 26th, 2017. Welcome to Episode 8 of Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew. one of the many pieces of backlog movie chat with the Movie Night Crew audio that I have, and I have to admit, I picked this piece because it was the shortest one I had. I worked all day today and then went to hang out with my friends like I always do on Saturday night, and while I was there, I did most of the audio editing, and I'm only just now adding this intro audio. At about 11.20 at night. So just getting today's Dog Days of Podcasting episode in under the wire. The audio that you're about to hear was recorded back on Sunday, March 12th, and the reason this podcast episode is titled Dueling Cowboys is because the two movies we featured that night were both westerns, Red River and Take the Money and Run. We only recorded an introduction to our first movie that night, Red River, And in that introduction, you'll hear Stu mention that our group had already watched Citizen Kane, which is true. But if I have any audio from the night we watched Citizen Kane, it isn't on my Windows machine or my portable hard drive that I can see. I'll check my newer laptop later. In any case, please enjoy this introduction to Red River. We're rolling. Let's do your little preface. Oh, my little preface? Okay. Well, I'm going to uh, follow Amy's dictum that the, the less you know about a movie as a rule, the better off you are. Okay. So I'm not going to say anything about the plot, but I'm going to talk about just the construction of the film and who these people are and where they were in their careers and they made this. Hang on, let me move this over. Yep, there is that. Or I can just come over there, too. This film was directed by Howard Hawks. It was his first Western. Howard Hawks worked in practically every genre. At one point or another. He did some great screwball comedies. This is the guy that directed Bring Up Baby. Mm-hmm. He did maybe the prototypical uh, film noir with The Big Sleep. He did a very good 50 sci-fi film, um, more or less, with um, The Thing from Another World. He's not listed as the director, but everyone kind of winks and nods that he actually did direct it and let his film editor take directing credit so he could get a pension off of it. Um, it but this was his first Western. It came out in 1948. Really quite an achievement. Um, to contrast this film with Citizen Kane, uh, one thing that I emphasized in, the, in our podcast on Citizen Kane was that a lot of Citizen Kane is built, it was built in the editing room. You know, that was one of the things, that was one of Wells' real innovations was, I'm going to put this movie together from pieces of film using special effects. and has as many special effects as the Star Wars movies. Uh, Hawks didn't do that, didn't like to do that. A lot, um, he did quite the opposite. He did as little editing as he possibly could. He tried to do everything in the camera, like he was shooting a theater piece. Try and get in one shot. Uh, there is a, um, an exception to this in this film. You'll see a scene where um, the camera pans around John Wayne to show just the expanse of how many head of cattle he has. If you look very closely, you'll see a couple of wipes in there. Uh, this allowed Howard Hawks to take 1,500 head of cattle and make them look like 4,500 head of cattle. They, they, they take the shot and they 
move the cattle over and they take another shot with of the same cows but in a different part of the ranch and a third shot with the same cows again so you can triple your cows which <laughs> saves a little bit of money cool. so that's that, that's where hawks was with this it's a, it's a heck of a, a heck of a movie um in looking at the, some of the commentary i noticed that he's similar to james whale in a lot of ways he likes to cut when he did make his edits he'd like to cut when someone was moving so he didn't notice it's a cut because they're moving anyway James Whale, the director of Frankenstein and the Invisible Man, did that also. I've always, I've always respected that with his work. Um, moving on to the actors. Um, in support, you have the old, the old fellow here, uh, Walter Brennan, guy who won three, um, the only guy to ever win three Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, the version we're watching is not the version usually shown on television. This is the version that was shown in the theaters in 1948. Um, it has Walter Brennan also providing the narration for most of the movie. And how... Hawks always liked that better. He had no idea why they they showed the the other version uh, on television. Didn't like it. Thought it was thought it was silly. As the youngest man, in the, as the younger man of the three major players, you have Montgomery Clift. Montgomery Clift is from here in Omaha, where this where this um, podcast is taking place, and he was one of the first method actors to to work a lot in Hollywood, using the Stanislavski method of finding the character within yourself and bring it out that way instead of taking direction and trying to build it from outside your experience. Um, had, for those of you who aren't real familiar with Montgomery Clift, he had kind of an abbreviated career. In the mid-50s, he had a car accident, and between the pain of that and his um, substance abuse thereafter, he never really recovered and had uh, really shortened his career. Didn't, he didn't make as, as big an impact as he could have. And in the middle, you've got the star of the show, Mr. John Wayne. This is the first one he did with Hawks. Um, he was, he'd been a big star for about nine years at the time this movie was made. Um, most of the, the better films he'd done up to this point had been with John Ford, where he'd played kind of a big, amiable galoot, uh, generally a pretty good guy with a good heart, you know, just playing the, the stereotypical John Wayne persona. He doesn't play that in this movie. Um, yeah, and, and again, to follow Amelia's dictum, I'm not going to Give, give any more away than that other than to say that when John Ford the guy he'd worked with for nine years up to this point saw Red River he turns to Howard Hawks and said geez nobody told me the big son of a bitch could act <laughs> and from that point on yeah Ford even Ford took um, got a little more adventurous with, with what he would do with, uh, with the Duke in the, in, the, in the future films this is very much it's a good film for all purposes, but it's very much a watershed role for for John Wayne. This isn't something if you this group has already seen The Searcher, so they, they they know what he can do. But if you hadn't seen that before, if you were growing up in the in the '40s and you saw this for the first time, you'd be where the hell did that come from? So yeah, it's it's, it's a good film. I hope you enjoy it. And that's it for tonight's movie chat with the Movie Night crew. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with another one. The theme music for Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew is Look Busy by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The beep transition was created by Chris Lester for his Metamore City podcast, and the whoosh transition was jetwoosh.wave by Ben Bonkin, which is available via freesound.org and is licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.